welcome into the show, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's the weekend edition of Rock of Nations with Dave Kinch, and always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, we talk rock and roll, our favorite musicians, our albums, producers, uh, shows we went to, all of those good things and great memories, so it's always a blast. Uh, you know, what's funny is I was never one of those people who could um, say, hey, this football player played on this team and you know, they, they ran for so many yards and won this award and this year and that year. And they were, you know, you know, those people on sports radio or those trivia folks, you watch a game and the announcers have some trivia that they, a question they ask. I never get that answer. Right. But that's how I am with music. You know, and we can say, and if you're like that, you can say, well, so-and-so played in Black Sabbath. And before that, they were in this group or they were tied to this band, Trapeze or whatever. If you're like me and, and, and that's how you are, then this is the home for you. It is Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. Follow me on Twitter at Dave Kinchin USA. Broadcasting live uh, to tape, <laughs> live to tape podcast on our in our old city studios, which is always very busy in the heart of it all here in Philadelphia. So, uh, welcome to the weekend. What you are listening to, if you're listening on the Anchor app. Then you heard uh, John Sykes and his cover of the White Snake song "Still of the Night," which he actually co-wrote when he was in White Snake. Uh, so if you heard that, then um, you know uh, that's really cool. You probably won't hear that on the Apple stream or the stream anywhere else, just because of the copyright uh, situation. We have limited use on the Anchor app, so we'll probably pop in a little bit of music once in a while. Hang on, sip of the iced coffee here. Hang on. Hear that? Yeah, iced coffee, that's what gets us through. At least, yeah, I know. Even when it's not springtime, I, that's technically springtime. Although we're getting close. Um, by the way, we also are watching for you basketball fans, talking about sports on the music uh, podcast. If you're watching, uh, you know, some of the college uh, um, conference tournament action, I hope your teams are doing well. My Spartans are going up against, uh, what is it, Wisconsin. So uh, we'll probably be tuning into that in a little bit. But we are rocking and rolling on this podcast. I want to talk a little bit today about um, some of those, I call them hybrid groups. So I guess you can use the term super group. Well, they're not really super groups. Okay. So backing into this for a minute, you know how some artists, uh, you have super groups, which are bands that are um, super famous because they have, they're made up of members from already successful bands. So you know, Audio Slave with the late, great Chris Cornell from Soundgarden uh, and the guys from Rage Against the Machine or, you know, that sort of thing. The first example that comes to mind. Um, you know, there was the Planet Us project, which didn't really record anything. That was Sammy Hagar uh, and Neil Sean of Journey, uh, Michael Anthony of Van Halen. I wish they did something. That would have been cool. I think Dean Castronovo from... That was before he was in Journey. Anyway, so you remember Dean Castronovo, Bad English, which came after Journey, and then Dean played in Journey. But anyway, um, so we all know about supergroups, but then there's bands that um, I guess became supergroups in a way when a new band was started, but you know, back in the day, but that new band that was started became classic and legendary. and that's kind of what I'm looking at here um, today is, is some of those groups that, that saw that type of thing happen and how, um, um, how you get a different interpretation of music when you have a, a musician from, you know, I mean, obviously a, a, a Sammy Hagar joining Van Halen, you know, 
um, his take on the David Lee Roth stuff, which he only did a few songs. He did Jump, he did Panama, and uh, um, there was, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Ain't Talk About Love, which is my favorite. I always loved the way Sammy did that. If you listen to, uh, well, there's the Live Without a Net, um, the New Haven, Connecticut from 1986, which was the 5150 tour, first album with Sammy. Uh, and then you had um, the actual live album, uh, Live Right Here, Right Now. Um, great covers, I thought. Or not covers, but uh, interpretations. Uh, Sammy really owned those songs. I know the Roth people are going to kill me for saying that. And I'm a Roth guy, too. More of a Sammy guy, but I love Roth, too. Anyway, um, so there's that type of thing. But there's other sort of uh, takes on that. You know, you, you know, one thing I think of, and by the way, we'll get in all of this into the show, um, so there's, there's other groups, but we'll start uh, with uh, some uh, talk about John Sykes and, uh, you know, my thoughts and his uh, take on, a, on some classic Whitesnake tunes. Hey, this is Rock of Nations with Dave Kinchin. We hope you are having the best day yet. Well, you gotta be because you're listening to our podcast. We'll talk soon. Be right back. One of the most legendary beefs, or at least I think it's legendary with diehards in rock and roll. We can do a whole show on legendary beefs in rock music. You've got, we talked about the Van Halen thing, Eddie and Alec, I mean, Eddie and Sammy, or we've talked about... Uh, Oh, what are some other big ones? Well, I guess at times Motley Crue throughout the ages. Um, I well, no, there's there's even other bigger beefs. I mean, you've got uh, uh, Dave Sabo and uh, and Sebastian Bach with uh, Skid Row, right? And, uh, I mean, there's interviewers always asking Dave about whether you know he would go back, he would have uh, Sebastian Bach come back to the band, and he he basically said there's no love lost there. So there's we can do it. Yeah, we can do a whole show on that. But the point uh, about all this is um, in the case of John Sykes and uh, David Coverdale, uh, John Sykes was in Whitesnake, uh, got in the band for the, well, let's see, he was in Thin Lizzy around 83. He left at that time. He he was involved with Whitesnake, getting involved for the, the Slide It In album, which uh we actually have an interview with David Coverdale. We posted actually we used some of that on the show. David Coverdale a couple weeks ago told me about the um, the thirty uh, fifth anniversary box set of the Slided In album. Now John Sykes is on that record. Does a great job on that record. He he remained involved with White Snake's eighty seven album, which was the album. I mean that was the one that put them over the top. Here I go again. Is this love still of the night? Um, of course, you know in my uh, you know, a little bit of fandom. I, I accidentally said still in the night <laughs> when talking to David Coverdale. He didn't correct me. I corrected myself. But anyway, uh, that was something I, you know, will never live down as a diehard nerd. But anyway, uh, so what we're, when you have um, a situation like that where John Sykes was involved with the writing and recording, he wrote... 85% of the 87 album, which was self-titled and just called Whitesnake. And that featured um, the songs Crying in the Rain and um, Here I Go Again. He did not write because those were re-records from the you know songs from the 70s. Uh, but he played on, on that record and he wrote, you know, he was involved with the, the writing of, um, you know, Still of the Night, uh, 
and I, most of the songs on that album. But he was fired from the band or left the band before the tour. And what's interesting is, you know, the guys in the videos for those songs met on the, according to Vivian Campbell, who was in the band at that time, he never played on the album. The only person who was on both the album and in the videos, uh, Still of the Night, Here We Go Again, you know, the dancing video with uh, Tony Katan and everything, um, you know, dancing on the cars and all that. Uh, those guys all met on the set of those videos and then had to, to rehearse and go out on tour. And there's a whole interview Vivian Campbell did explaining that. Now, John Sykes was always bitter because he was, you know, he certainly gets the publishing. Uh, thankfully, you know, he gets the publishing. And so he's he, he never had to work again because, he, you know, I mean, he's he could probably, you know, buy two mansions with whatever he made on, uh, you know, I, I'm guessing, you know, whatever he made on the 87 record because that was the biggest selling album. I mean, I mean, those you can't listen to a contemporary or rock station without hearing here I go again, you know, all those songs from that, that era. Easily the biggest Whitesnake record. So I've always wondered what would it be like if John Sykes went out and played that stuff or if he ever had any involvement with playing the music. I think things are very bitter between him and Coverdale. He said so in another interview. So the idea of him ever reuniting with Coverdale to play some of those songs, it would be cool. As far as I know, it hasn't happened. As far as I can imagine, it won't happen. But John Sykes put out an album, uh, Bad Boys Live, in uh, 2004, I believe. Uh, and he record, he plays uh, several songs live from his time in Blue Murder. Uh, and uh, he, he plays Crying in the Rain, and he does Still of the Night, which is what you were listening to in the opening of the show, if you were uh, listening on the Anchor app. And I thought, wow, you know, that's really cool. I actually came across this video that I'm in love with. I keep playing over and over on uh, YouTube, and it's of... Uh, it's of John Sykes in 1995, according to the video. It definitely looks old. But he's playing with Marco Mendoza, who also played with White Snake at a time. And uh, uh, Mendoza's on bass. Uh, and you know what? I think that's how you say his name. I, it's one of those things I've never actually seen. If I've seen an interview with him, no one ever says his name. So I, <laughs> I think if, if that's not how you say it, I, I apologize. I, I can see the name. But anyway, uh, you know who I'm talking about. And uh, so he was, um, John Sykes played a version of the song. And first of all, the guy can sing, you know, he, he can sing. I believe he did, you know, he did some singing in Blue Murder. Um, and uh, what's, what's really cool is not just to hear him sing, but his take on the guitar solos. There's the part, um, the can't keep away part, you know, where... Um, on the White Snake song where, you know, Coverdale says, can't keep away, can't, I can't keep away, you know. Uh, don't ask me to sing that for you, though. Uh, although I could, and I probably wouldn't sound bad. But uh, Sykes is playing guitar on that part, and he has this tone, this, um, you know, he's got that classic Les Paul custom that I want, It's that that's on my bucket list to get one of those, you know, saving up. Gosh, those are probably at least um, four or five grand, depending on, you know, uh, the aging of it. Uh, it's the same kind of guitar on the uh, the cover page for the um, um, for our uh, podcast, you know, except it's not the golden pickups. It's uh, he, he's got a different, I think he uses Dirty Fingers uh, 
pickups on there. I know he used them at one point, but this tone is incredible. Uh, and uh, pardon the sirens if you can hear that. Like I said, uh, you know, you can never really get away with the from the busyness uh, of the city uh, here in Philadelphia, even with uh, the, you know the most advanced soundproofing. But uh, it was really one of those things that I thought, wow, you know. What what a great guitar tone! What a great sound! Um, I'd love to see that video clip remastered or something, or the sound boosted a little bit. It looks like it's on VHS, at least the clip I saw on YouTube. Now, in the Bad Boys live uh, live album, it, it's not, from what I can tell, it's not exactly that uh, particular set or that particular uh, live performance from the video I saw that was posted in '95. But, uh, or marked 95, but posted, you know, in, in, during the YouTube years. Uh, but what's amazing to me is, I mean, it's still, it's still really good. John's singing is still really good on that. And the tone is still phenomenal. He just does it a little differently. He plays some notes a little differently. I just like the video better than the, the live album version. But I thought, you know, isn't it cool when artists do that? Isn't it a cool thing when artists kind of cover... Uh, songs from a band they were involved with previously. Another one that's actually pretty good, there's a Styx Live album with Tommy Shaw doing High Enough. Now, Tommy Shaw, obviously, when he left Styx, you know, he eventually got involved with got involved with Damn Yankees, and uh, that was their big song with Ted Nugent, and um, I think one of the guys from Night Ranger. Um, High Enough, big, big song. Ted has that crazy look. Uh, in the video <laughs> at the end, but especially, you know, when he's playing his guitar solo on that Zebra uh, guitar. looks like a, I think that's a PRS. Um, I got to go back and watch the video, but it's like a Zebra-striped Paul Reed Smith uh, double cutaway. Um, almost makes you think of a Les Paul double cut, which I think is an awesome guitar too. Anyway, um, I, you know, I love when bands do that. I love when an artist is with a new band or they're solo and they play a song from a time when they were in the group. I, it's just, it's a really cool thing. But the other thing I was thinking about too was when singers from famous bands join other groups and it's not so much sort of a super group thing because it's not an original group. It's just, it's a replacement. It's a famous person going into another group. And um, I think about a couple examples I had that are, really my favorites, would be Rainbow. Uh, no, D uh, Deep Purple. When Joe Lynn Turner from Rainbow, uh, the project that came after Deep Purple, Richie Blackmore's, it, was, it, it wasn't Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, it, it was the, the commercial pop Rainbow, so it was after Dio, or Randy James Dio, and it was uh, after Graham Bonnet, you know, um, and it, so Joe Lynn Turner did a couple albums straight, uh, uh, um, uh, been out of shape. I have it, uh, been out of shape. And, um, yeah, it's the one with, you know, they've got Street of Dreams on there and everything. Um, he had, he did a lot of great songs in Rainbow. Um, but then he went to Deep Purple for the Slaves and Masters album, uh, which was, you know, it has such a great, unique sound on it. It's a very slow... I mean, some of the songs, Fortune Teller, uh, Truth Hurts, they just have this jam, this flow. Um, and that was uh, basically after Gillen was fired. The last album Gillen did at that point was in the House of Blue Light. 
so he was fired from the band, and then, uh, so in 91, Deep Purple did Slaves and Masters, and I mean, Jill and Turner does a phenomenal job on that record. You, you hear, I mean, I think at that point, the, what makes that record Deep Purple is obviously John Lord. Um, on, key, on the organ and keyboards, although on many of the cuts, he's not as, uh, it, it's not as sort of, it certainly isn't late 60s psychedelic. It's kind of more, the organ, it's more of a, a, a contemporary keyboard approach. Um, but yeah, you have to listen to it. I'll, I'll um, you know what, maybe we'll end the show with that. If you have, uh, I think we will. On, on uh, If you're listening on Anchor, uh, you'll hear that version of, of um, you'll hear some rainbow. If it's on the database, I think I think we have that. Anyway, if not, we'll post it. We'll post a link to it. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I I love when that kind of stuff happens. Another great example uh, that I was thinking about. I actually got a couple of these written down. You know, you sort of stream of consciousness. You think about when uh, artists join these great groups and uh, you know they collaborate. Um, Another example, of course, Ian Gillen and Black Sabbath um, for the Born Again album. That's a record that the production was... I, I would love to see that record remastered. Tony Iommi is remastering Forbidden from the 95 uh, record. And um, that album you know, features Ernie C producing it from Body Count, uh, you know, Ice-T's group. Uh I've always thought that um, Born Again, you know, Disturbing the Priest, uh, which sounds like this demonic song, but it's really about uh, the band performing in or near a church and disturbing a priest because the music was so loud. <laughs> you hear Ian Gillen's classic screaming and, um, you know, a little bit more screaming than Rob Halford was doing at that time, uh, even though both the great and Gillen you know, just really does well on that album. I mean, uh, Zero the Hero, Trashed, some good tracks in there. It it was hard to really see that as a, uh, you know, a, a, a album that was going to result in, in other records. And, you know, at that point, Ian Gillen went back to, this was 83, Ian Gillen went back to Deep Purple in 84. That's, of course, when they did the Perfect Strangers record. But I, I've always liked Born Again. You know, there's, there's a great, collaboration there at least to me um you know what's funny about classic rock is when you look back it's sometimes records that were completely panned completely trashed no pun intended uh by critics at the time end up becoming legendary or you know accepted over time except for maybe well i like turbo by priest a lot of people don't um and except for maybe music from the elder 81 you know uh, by kiss i don't think and there's a couple good tracks on there I and the oath, but I don't think that'll ever really be, you know, accepted. Even even Paul Stanley hates it. But um, but uh, that was a project that could have been interesting. Um, Gillen didn't really have a voice that would have worked for what Sabbath later did um, in the mid to late eighties. You know, when when uh, Glenn Hughes got involved, that was another one. Glenn Hughes from Deep Purple. You know, so when Glenn Hughes got involved with Black Sabbath, uh, he was in Deep Purple with uh, Coverdale. And what was really cool about that was the sound that came from his voice. You got to listen to songs like, um, uh, I mean, 
there's um, Danger Zone, where Glenn's voice, he gets a little bit higher, he has a lower registry. No one has that bluesy feel that comes into rock and roll the way he does. Hang on, more iced coffee, one second. It's my bandmate here, Little Ice Coffee, uh, which is, I guess, not really a sponsor of the show. At some point, we're going to have to get some sponsors. We will, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of rock fans out there. Oh, and of course, we're talking about, you know, you can't talk about Black Sabbath and collaborations um, without uh, our good friends... Uh, that were in heaven and hell, which was a, a Black Sabbath offshoot. You know, the late great Ronnie James Dio, who came into Black Sabbath and probably was the only singer in Black Sabbath who could do, who could be looked at as um, someone who created classic Sabbath music, you know, as someone other than Ozzy Osbourne as the singer. So you had two records. Heaven and Hell, uh, which is the uh, the first album Dio did with uh, Sabbath, and that's why years later uh, in the mid two thousands, when um, even though Ozzy was still technically in Black Sabbath at that time, the lineup that was involved with those two Dio albums got back together as an offshoot of Black Sabbath to promote a compilation record that they did with Dio. I know the, the, your, your, your brains, if, if you don't know this stuff, your brain's probably going like, what the heck? Anyway, uh, so, you know, I had the honor of seeing Ronnie James Dio perform with what was essentially Black Sabbath, but it was the group, they, they called themselves Heaven and Hell for legal reasons because Ozzy was still in Black Sabbath at that time. But, in 1980, 1979, 1980, uh, Roddy James Dio, who left Rainbow, uh, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow, which was more of the progressive, artsy Rainbow, not the pop version with you know that we talked about earlier. Uh, Dio joined Sabbath, and they did the Heaven and Hell record, which has a real sleek production. I mean, a lot of albums from 1980, uh, Unmasked by Kiss, for example. Uh, many other records, they have a, a sound that's just, it's not, it's, it's, it, it, gosh, it's, it's like a sonic purgatory, meaning for hard rock, heavy metal bands, it's not yelling and screaming crazy guitars, but it's, it's not real gritty and, 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 and rough edged as the 70s stuff was. So it has like a real smoothness to it, you know? Like, if you listen to the title track, Heaven and Hell, or if you listen to, like, you know, um, Lady Evil songs like that, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. Die Young, that song, too, you know. Uh, but Dio created some, you know, Die Young's a great song. The keyboard intro, the way that builds up and everything. Uh, in the 80s, Tony Iommi would do a long, and he even did this with Heaven and Hell, he would do this long guitar solo with you know keyboards mixed in which sounds phenomenal by the way that's a great way if, if you're ever doing like a melodic you want to you're a guitar player you, you want to do a piece of music come up with like this great sort of keyboard structure real you know this this sort of relaxed pacing of keyboards and then just solo over that it's just you know real bluesy kind of emotional playing um that album's legendary and one of the only legendary Sabbath albums that does not involve Ozzy Osbourne. 
Uh, Mob Rules came out after that in 1981. So those are two examples right there. Um, let me see what else we got here. Um, famous singers involved uh, with other famous artists involved with other bands. Um, oh, uh, of course. This is the one that, uh, this is brand new, by the way. Shock. Shock. Uh, the new record by Tesla featuring Phil Collin from Def Leppard, who is not in the band, but, you know, those guys toured together. Tef, Tesla, Tef Leppard. <laughs> well, it is kind of like Tef Leppard. I, I call it uh, Tess Leppard is what a lot of people are calling this record because Phil Collin from Def Leppard, lead guitarist, wrote, um, co-wrote this new album, Shock by Tesla, and, and produced it. And I was amazed listening to the the title track how it sounds like it kind of sounds like Def Leppard I mean there's you can tell there's that Mutt Lang influence in there the drums um, you know they actually use some electronic uh, type of drumming uh, I think it's I mean it's unmistakably Tesla with Jeff Keith, Jeff Keith's voice and Frank Hannon's guitar work uh, but there is definitely a Def Leppard influence I mean you know, it's it's a weird thing. Is there are artists like Eddie Van Halen wrote some stuff with Tony Iommi, a couple, I think, a song, um, but it didn't sound like Van Halen. You know, um, these other artists who have teamed up. I mean, Michael, you know, well, Michael Bolton did team up with Kiss, but you know, to write forever. But that does kind of sound like it could be a Michael Bolton song, I guess. Um, but there's t there's cases where that happens, and you're like, well, I don't, wow, I don't really hear that. Um, I guess I'll have to think of a couple other examples there, but. Um, yeah, you definitely, it's it's being called Tess Leopard, so it's kind of funny, at least I think it is. But it's but from what I heard, it's good. The, the full album is not quite out yet. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, but oh yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's a winner. You know, I think it's, at least I think uh, it will be. Um, so those are my examples. And they, again, you know, some of my favorite things when you have those unique combinations. Uh, but tell me what you think, you know, tell me, you know, what you uh if you have any favorite examples of, uh, you know, those the artists from other groups who were involved with other bands, um, not so much a super group, just a changing of lineups that happen to all involve famous people um, and what your favorite songs are that they did and how they were in concert if you saw them. Uh, it's the weekend edition of Rock of Nations. Always great to have you with us. And uh, the rock and roll never stops. Oh yeah, we got a lot in today, and that's what we like on a good rock and roll show. Um, you know, I, I keep a lot of this music knowledge sort of in my head, but at the same time I learn new things, like the John Sykes stuff. You know, I'm just, I happen to be on YouTube, and you know, I'm watching Whitesnake videos, and then there's a John Sykes video for Still of the Night, I'm like, well, wow, I had no idea he covered that. So, you know, it's one of the great things about YouTube that you can find, uh, you know, so much stuff that somebody videotaped back in, I don't know, 1985, whatever, 95, it sat in their basement for a while. And then they said, you know, let me upload this. And they put it on YouTube. Next thing you know, they got, you know, several hundred thousand hits, maybe a couple million hits. And it's something that nobody ever saw before. So it's really a cool thing. Uh, I think, uh, so yeah, that does that about does it. I know we, we were talking about uh, getting into some, uh, this talk of a, a new Priest record at some point um, after an interview Rob Halford gave. And we were talking about looking at uh, what Alice Cooper's up to. He's going on tour with Hailstorm. 
Um, so, you know, um, we'll get into that. We'll get into that in the next show. Um, that's the cool thing. These topics are often evergreen, so you can get into it a little bit later. Um, but that's uh, the show right now. Um, if you are listening on Anchor, again, you'll hear uh, what we were talking about, those great collaborations, uh, you know, our artists from other bands. We've got some Joe Lynn Turner singing in Deep Purple. Uh, and uh, we'll have that for you. Until then, follow me on Twitter at Dave Kinchin USA. I know it's only rock and roll. But I need it. Don't lie to yourself. You need it too. Thank you for joining us. It's always great to be with you. Follow me online. Send me your favorite concerts. Send me your, you know, your favorite concert memories. We are just getting started on this program, which is in its second week. The music never stops. Mm-hmm.